Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Android Central podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker, and I am the managing editor here at Android Central. And I have my lovely guest today. Welcome back, Jerry Hildenbrand. How are you doing? How are you doing? You know, I'm here so often. Let's just stop calling me a guest. Let's call me like <laughs> the house plant or something. Oh, yeah, that's kind of cute. You're, I like you're it. a yes, permanent yes. fixture. Yeah. You are. You are. As are you, Nick Sutrick. Hello, hello, good sir. How yeah. are you? I, I go on vacation every now and then. So, I'm gonna say that you, you and uh, Jerry are my um, monstera and uh, orchid plants. I don't know. You guys are. You guys are the cute plants. I like it. I'm. I'm good <laughs> with being a plant. That's fine. This is, this is acceptable. Oh, and I am welcoming back Derek Lee. He was on the pod last week, and we're really happy to have you on again. Oh, I know you are. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay, uh, we've got a lot of uh, fun topics to talk about this week. Uh, I want to start off with um, two topics. I mean, the first is a news article uh, that was published um, yesterday by you, Derek. Actually, it's called The Pixel Fold May Have Just Been Spotted in the Wild. And I also want to talk about... um, Michael's editorial, uh, if I can find it, Google has a pixel fold problem. And he wrote that a week ago. So I kind of want to talk about both of these because I think, you know, obviously there's so much talk about, you know, is there going to be a, a Google fold? That's a really hard thing to say. Google fold, Google foldable, Google foldable. That's anyways. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's been a lot of conversation around, you know, will there be a pixel fold? Will it happen? And so in Derek's news article, he wrote, you know, Google has been rumored to have a foldable pixel phone in the works. A Reddit user claims to have spotted the pixel fold on a train in New York City. The images show the device while closed and in landscape orientation. So you know, okay, you know, it's possible, maybe it is. And, you know, when you look at the image of the the user, he's almost like, it kind of looks like he's hiding, you know, people from seeing what the phone could look like. But I mean, it's also really hard to tell as well. But um, let's talk about briefly about this. And then let's talk about, you know, Michael's article about how Google has a pixel fold problem. What do you guys think about this um, Reddit users claims? I, I mean, when I first saw it, I, I was like, what are we looking at? Because, you know, I mean, they're very, the pictures are very blurry. And, like, in most of them, you can, like, barely even see the phone. Um, and then there's one where, like, you get, like, a good, sort of good look at the display. Um, but the thing is, like, the phone isn't even open. So, like, you have to really... You can't even tell. Yeah, you have to really squint to, like, even suggest that it's the pixel and fold. also like okay let's look at this image i mean obviously if you if you haven't seen it you definitely should go go see it but like it look okay if you fo- if you folded this device it looks like it would be the size of a credit card and to me i feel like that is not what a pixel fold would look like well, i don't know is that the display like, definitely looks like like wider than like samsung's tall thing yeah. on the fold which i actually prefer the wider like i don't like samsung's extra tall um external display um Ooh, careful nick's on the line here. <laughs> well because like i he mean you know <laughs> you know for work purposes when nick, whenever nick sends me a screenshot it's super long and i'm like how am i gonna fit this in an article um <laughs> but uh no i i like you know 
the the direction that other foldables are going are going you know by having a, a you know a wider uh, external display and I, I I like that you know if this is the pixel fold I like that it's going this route um, again in the image you have to really squint and I like put like a side by side to one of the like or leaked like whatever renders um, from the pixel fold and like if you squint and look at like the top um, you can see like you know I guess where the bezel ends and where the hinge begins and it looks similar to the render that we got like a month or two ago right so i'm thinking okay this you know at first i was like i don't know if, like i don't know if this is really the pixel fold maybe people are just like you know i don't know whatever but um you know i when i squint i'm like okay i could see it and you know this person claims to have um seen the back of the phone um and saw like the the camera hump the, the logo kind of thing uh or like the like the camera visor um yeah they the said back. the camera oh, yes, right, right. island or hump or whatever yeah and they didn't get a picture of it so that's the only like downside. well how convenient uh, uh, no i i don't i do not doubt the dude this isn't the first pixel folding prototype phone that has been out in the wild for people to potentially see guarantee tea, it's not that's oh, not I'm saying sure. this is the one that's going to be released next week or anything like that either. Right, right. I don't doubt the guy at all. But, man, you look at the pictures. They look like every Bigfoot picture that's ever been taken. They're just <laughs> something is there. And so it's up for the, the viewer to that's determine so what true. they're seeing. Yeah. Now, I, I know when we uh, when I was first looking at this with Derek, that one actually semi-clear picture where he's holding it in both hands and kind of cupping it and watching some kind of video. I thought at first that it was unfolded, and then Derek said, no, if you look at what looks to be the hinge on top, that's actually the outer display. Oh, And I was I really that... pleasantly surprised. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that that's nice. Yeah, like, yeah, it okay. took me a while, because like when they were like, oh, pixel fold, pixel fold, I was like, I was looking at it, I'm like, what like this? this yeah, doesn't it look looks like a foldable tiny. phone like, at I'm all. Like, that's like the I thought unfolded it was a version. Like, <laughs> yeah, so that's, I was that's very. That's, look, I was that's very what confused. I was saying earlier. I was like, it looks like when it looks like unfolded. If you folded it, it looks like a credit card size. But now that you know, Derek, you mentioned that it's actually that's it's not that's yeah, it's not closed. how it looks. That that int that's intriguing. So that's, I I mean I have several feelings on this, right? Um. I like the fact that it is actually usable like this unfolded because I will never watch a video on my Fold 4 when it's folded. The screen's you just don't like too weird. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like, it's just a weird aspect ratio for videos. I always unfold it anytime there's a video, okay? So it I like the fact that you can iPad. still... What? It reminds you of an old iPad, the way... It looks when you're watching. Yeah, it's a, a funky. Video. It's just it's just not ideal for videos on that on the outside screen. So this is an improvement on that. Um, and then of course when you want a tablet, you open it up, and it's probably even larger than a Fold Four, which I I love. I love that phone to tablet, and this looks like it's actually like a proper phone on the outside and a proper tablet on the inside versus this pseudo hybrid thing we have going on with the Fold series, right? But at the same time. I like the Fold's narrow display because it's very one-handable. And I don't I don't know. I, just, I, I have a hard time deciding what I would like better because there are pros and cons to each. Like, you say it's one-handed. Like, I, I've never used it, but, like, it, it also looks super tall. So can you, like, you know, 
can you still like reach the top of the of the display with your one hand? Yes, and that's oh, because you can wrap your fingers around the hinge. Like the tip of my fingers actually hold the hinge. So I can reach to the top of the screen and I'm not concerned about dropping it at all because it's narrow enough for my hand to actually hold the thing. Okay, so let's talk about Michael's article because I think it kind of goes hand in hand, hand in with this sort of um, wild animal potentially found in, in the wild. I don't know. Anyways, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Okay, so he wrote uh, his, his article's titled, Google has a pixel fold problem. And I'm going to read a couple of ex- excerpts from it because I think, um, you know, it, it does encapsulate quite a bit. So he says, in truth, when you take a comp- if when you take a complete look at the pixel folds production process, hardware and price, I'd argue there's a reason to be concerned. And I'm starting to wonder if we should hope for yet another pixel fold delay to make 100% sure it's ready to go. And then when you scroll further down to the end of the article, uh, he basically asked the question, did Google miss its window or should it wait even longer? You know, it, it spent years delaying the pixel watch, waiting for the right moment. It did eventually prove it to be an excellent wearable with a stylish design but it also had a years old Exynos chipset to preserve that design, then pack in extra RAM to compensate. Um, With the Pixel Fold, it's not so easy to overcome the problem of its older design as Samsung and other brands continue to iterate and search for ideal foldable form. But if Google delays the Pixel Fold release date for a faster Tensor G3 chip, that could make the design look more dated. But if it rushes it out ahead of the Z Fold 5, Android enthusiasts might balk at the price to performance ratio. There's just so many mm, concerns here, right? So I, I don't know. What, do, what did you guys think of this this thought process that Michael had? Well, I, I'm going to lean to the side. You know, I definitely agree with Michael that there are problems no matter what Google does. But in my opinion, they should wait another year. And it's not anything to do with the chip or anything. Google is definitely not the company that we want inventing some sort of foldable display. They need to follow what companies like Samsung have invented and and figured out. And we're seeing with the the you know the Z Fold 3, it's still not perfect yet. And if there is the possibility for there to be a small problem, I mean this is Google. They're they're going to they're going to make it into a big problem because that's just what they do. They don't have hardware designers like Samsung does that can try to mitigate and work around issues. They're just going to kind of run with it. And I'm sorry if you work for Google hardware, I'm not knocking you, but come on, this is Samsung's thing. It's not your thing. Well, I definitely agree. Google hardware doesn't have the greatest track record in the world. Right. But, like, you know, with, like, the latest Pixels, I mean, sure, there were small problems here and there, but um, I think that Google's really trying to lean more into the hardware. And yeah, I think, for sure. And even though it's a Samsung-Apple world, uh, you know, the Pixel is always, I mean, you know, to a lot of us, it's kind of like the, you know, the standard of, of Android, and then everyone kind of, like, you know, in their own way surpasses it. But um, right. to me, like, the Pixel is, like, you know, just like what android should be um i I can see lack of a way to to lack of a way to like a better way to put it and so you know google can't you know google can't really afford to get the hardware wrong and you know google has to set another standard with the pixel fold 
so that other manufacturers, you know, even though we've already had a bunch of other foldables, you know, so they can iterate on that. Well, if that I agree sense. with you, too. I mean, that's why this is just a problem all around. But what I'm saying is let Samsung be the company that figures out how to fold a phone in half. Right. Because Samsung's going to do a much better job of that than Google is. And Google just kind of has to copy the ideas of other companies here. So why not give them another year to make an even better way? Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, Google needs to get the hardware right. And so I think yep. it should wait, you know, until, you know, the foldable form factor is good enough for a Pixel. You know, we see that we see Apple doing the same thing. And I think Google needs to, you know, just sit back and just like, all right, you know, we're. Oops. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard that. My assistant just went off. But, uh, nice. yeah, Google needs to just, like, sit back and just just, just wait. Yep. And, and Nick, would, would you agree that Samsung almost has it figured out? It's yes. almost there. I, I feel like this is the year where it's going to come out and we're going to be like, yep, we're here. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, if, if Well, and also, if, if Google has that close relationship with Samsung... I'm not suggesting that Google will, you know, steal Samsung's ideas or anything. Maybe they will. I don't know. But because they're working so closely with Samsung, they can, they are able to see that iteration process unfolding. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Unfolding>. <laughs> did you see what I did there? Yeah, yeah. Good <laughs> job. Good job. <laughs> I love it. No, I think if the Z Fold 5, um, you know, with the rumors that it's going to have the water drop hinge, whatever, if Samsung can get that and keep the water resistance and make the phone thinner, and yes, we would like an S Pen, you know, a built-in S Pen slot, but, you know, even without that, like, if Samsung can figure out those things, then I think this year, like, Samsung will be, like, so close to having just, like, the perfect foldable. And they're supposedly adding dust resistance, which is, will, again, be a first for foldables. And I think... Which- that's important. something what dust resistance is important yes and i i even said i don't know what article i wrote recently one of these fold articles i wrote recently i was talking about that um, it may have even been the news piece that we you know the rumor was that they're getting dust resistance when i went on vacation to uh santa monica last year i didn't take the fold with me to the beach there was no way in heck i was taking that thing to the beach you're out of your friggin' mind yeah, and you have chickens. You drop that thing in the sand, I'm and sure, it's dead. I'm sure you, you know? get dusty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dusty's fine. I never had an issue with dusty, but <laughs> I am not bringing it to the beach and dropping it in the sand, and then there goes my display. You know, so that's an extremely important thing for them to get done for these things to become truly mainstream, especially if, as we've seen with other rumors, them considering replacing the Galaxy S line with this eventually, which makes sense if they can take out all these other little pieces that are slightly negative or you know in the case of dust resistance quite negative (laughs) i guess time will tell um okay let's talk about something that we literally just added into our lineup of conversation because i think every a a lot of us have have thoughts on it but uh so derek wrote a news piece about uh spotify basically they they, uh, the streaming service uh music streaming service came up with a bunch of new uh, features and just a, a, a big update. Um, the article's title, Spotify just got a major TikTok style revamp, new smart shuffle feature. Um, and essentially, uh, it, there's this dramatic revamp to its home screen, 
home screen experience. The home screen and various feeds will feature automatic previews for recommended content. Spotify is also rolling out a new smart shuffle feature that inserts recommended tracks into user curated playlists. Um, so I'm going to open up the floor. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on this, um, because I am a huge TikTok fan. Um, aside from the regulatory issues that it's, ha it's going through right now. I mean, as an app, I do enjoy TikTok. Um, I have said that multiple times, but I literally just saw this feature pop up on my Spotify. So I, I can go last, but you guys, why don't you guys start, um, talking about it because you know. You know, you know how I feel about TikTok. I love it. Yeah. My first reaction was, heck no, I'm glad I'm not a Spotify user. <laughs> yeah. And that That's really interesting. I would like to know why. I, I use YouTube music primarily for music, not videos. I don't want videos on my feed. And I'm okay with this tiktok style feed being in the app i have no issue with that for people who like it but i do not want this to be the home feed like when you open up the app that's the first thing it goes to i don't want any part of that i don't use tiktok no i, I barely I, I use instagram like i i don't think that's how i don't think that's how it is so like what i've seen so far and this is why i, I like it and it might change your your mindset on this um, so one feature that I love using on Spotify is my discover weekly. And that's, that is a playlist that gets curated every Monday for me. And it's based off of like the things that I've liked, the things I've listened to, the things I have on re repeat, and it helps me discover new artists and new songs. And it's, it's, it's truly one of my, the things I look forward to every Monday. Like I get so excited to listen to it. But the problem is, is that my, they give you like maybe 30 to 35 songs and like, I would say maybe I, the chances of me liking me, like, I'll probably like two out of like the 35 songs, or maybe like, on a really good week, it might be like five out of the 35 songs. But in general, I don't typically like all the songs, but I do like that I get this curated playlist. What I have always wished, and this is what I do generally right now is that when I'm listening to my discover weekly, I literally will like, hit play shuffle through the song and then if I don't like anything about it I just go to the next song and I keep doing that until I find a beat or I find a song that I actually am enjoying and that's why I like this this TikTok style feature I literally just tried it before we started um recording it like gives you a preview of the song like you literally can shuffle through your playlist which I love I think that's so cool I don't yeah, know I, is that just me I I don't use Spotify myself um, and when I do, it's like for very specific reasons, but, um, I actually found myself liking this and like, I'm, I'm also someone who does like, I don't use TikTok at all. Like I'm so against TikTok, <laughs> but, um, I like, I don't know. I, I like the idea, like, you know, everything that Spotify does obviously is, you know, so you can discover music faster and, you know, um, obviously, you know, with all every other app copying, you know, the TikTok style thing, you know, um, obviously TikTok has, you know, found something that I guess works, but I, and I, I haven't really cared for it in other apps so much, but I do like it here. Um, like I, you know, I, I use YouTube music a lot and, you know, it does help me discover a lot of great songs, but I, I just, I like 
like when I'm using YouTube Music, like it's a great app, but it's also boring. Um, like visually, it's just dull. Um, mm. And and yeah, Spotify, and you know, Spotify and, and I, does I just, a like, really good job with that. Yeah. Yeah, like everything just kind of pops out at you. Like even before this yeah. update, everything it just looks more visually appealing. Um, and yeah. now with this update, everything like you know, it's focused on like the visual aspect, which you know. I understand, like, you know, Nick's point of view, how not everyone really wants that. Um, but I, I think it, like, it goes a long way to, like, really, you know, catching your eye on, like, a song that you might like. Um, yeah, yeah. And even even in the... Um, so when you play a song and then you um, turn your phone off or just, like, turn the display off... And if you hit your display on, the way it sets on your home screen, like, I don't know if I'm explaining this right, but like it visually looks really nice. Like the buttons look nice. The the way the album cover is on your homepage, like it just looks really nice. Like it's, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of this update. Well, I don't use Spotify. I don't particularly much use any streaming music. Uh, I, I, you know, I stream videos like everybody else, but music's just something that I have my own files. So I, I'm probably not the best person to comment on operation, but this is, you know, I'm not going to go into do I like it, do I not like it, or Nick hates it, Derek likes it, because that's just a thing. No matter what they do, half the people are going to like it and the other half aren't. But uh, I see they just added some visuals instead of changing anything going on in the back end to make it a better discovery feed. So it's a bit of a distraction to get people to say how great it is when it's nothing has really changed. Mm, that's an interesting point. I, I mean, I think it also depends on how you listen to music too, right? Like, I think, unfortunately, there... I, I mean, well, yeah. I was... What you said made me think of that. Uh, you... Right. I like having a Discover feed, but most times it's not a lot of stuff that you like. No. and This and I shows actually, it to you and makes it easier for you to weed out all yeah, the things you don't like. Yeah. Wouldn't it be better if there was less things you don't like? Yes. They no, could I, I analyze your, your listening habits a little bit better and be a little bit more right. That would be a much bigger update, in my opinion. Yeah, no, no. I fully agree. And ironically... Um, the thing is, so I really love, I love music and I love finding new music and new genres and new artists, et cetera, whatever. But I have recognized that I have to actively go in and find yes, that. Yes, and that's... Like, I, yeah, I get what you mean, yeah. That's a problem only because they take so much of your data and keep it. Mm -hmm. We should want them to do something with it if we're going to have yeah. to, and we have to give it to them. Your only option is don't use Spotify. No, and I, yeah, and I was going to say, ironically, I actually end up finding a lot of artists through TikTok, which is also, <laughs> you know, counterproductive because it's like you're using another app to find, yeah, you know, when, when Spotify should be the one to help me discover but new artists. are but... you finding them on TikTok because you're looking for them or TikTok is showing them to you? TikTok shows it to me. Okay, that's an example of why that's what Spotify needs to do. Yeah. You know, well, there is... There is another feature, um, the smart shuffle feature that I really like, and it's kind of, it's based off of the already existing enhanced feature, but I guess they've enhanced the feature and now it's called smart shuffle. Um, essentially, like when you make a playlist 
it'll just insert like kind of like songs that are sort of like that match the vibe of your playlist. So that like recommended songs so that, you know, you know, for people like me, like I, you know, I, I mainly only listen to like two playlists all the time. And so for people like me, I think this is great because like it will like kind of freshen things up and like, you know, as as you're listening to like the same songs over and over again, then you'll like, oh, this is a new song. I like this. Let me add this to my library. Um, I think that's a great feature that they added. Yeah. I don't know. I Now, the more I we talk about this, the more I think about what Jerry's saying. It's just like, you know, like Spotify, this is a great new feature and all, but like they should think about how they're helping us discover new music. But maybe that's just because, something that we have to well, dig deeper into, I guess. I, the reason it bugs me so much is Spotify is the company to do it. Because, you know, you have YouTube music and Apple music and it's all polarizing and all this and that. It seems like everybody uses Spotify. So, yeah. A lot you know, of if they, do. Yeah. If they're going to be the universal company that a vast majority of mobile users go to, that's the company we want to be able to do things as well as TikTok can do. Yeah, definitely. The one thing I do like about um Spotify, though, is that if you are looking for a specific kind of music, you literally can search it and you'll get playlists that other people have created. So like, for example, let's say you want to listen to something like playlists uh, or music by empower, like women, like only women artists. Um, cause it was women's day on, on March 8th. Um, you literally could type that in and there are people who have created like their own personal playlists of just like, I, I think that feature is really fun, but no, I, I agree with, with Jerry. I think there needs to be a better way to discover new music, but, but I think I also digress. comparing it to TikTok is not entirely fair because the only, re the only reason people are discovering music on TikTok is because of the content around it that that a lot of it has nothing to do with the music it's just like oh i'm gonna make this video and i'm gonna put this song on it um and i see that a lot like a lot of people use that sam smith and i, I don't know who kim kim petra's song on, on their videos and it has nothing to do with the videos and i i remember before i even heard that song like fully i could not stand it because so many people were using that song in their videos and okay so my my thought is different though for me like my on my tiktok like i i know what you're talking about but i actually get like my algorithm shows me new like young artists like showing off their music or like singing to a song or making covers like i that's what that's the type of content i get a lot right of. and i think i think you know at least with this new visual update, I think that's what Spotify is trying to go for. But obviously, mm. like the social aspect of it is not there because Spotify is not a social app. Um, so less. I mean, it's so trying to be. It, right? It's slowly trying to be, but I mean, you can't like I don't know. It it's not really the same thing. Like you know, a lot of the features that they announce are like, oh, artists can now sort of post little clips, you know, to add to their their um, their albums or their tracks to give you more. Uh, context on a song or um, you know they have like this new countdown page where like if an if an artist is coming out with a new album soon then it, it sort of helps them build hype for that album or for that release in the end that helps you too because if you follow the countdown for a release or if you read the snippets about 
you know, what an artist wrote about their song, you know, what their thought process is, or whatever little thing they want to put alongside it. Spotify knows that you really like that artist and that you're really going to like music that sounds like that artist. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. I want to talk about Derek's review. So last week we talked about the Ultra. Nick, you weren't there for that. We missed you, though. Uh, let's talk about uh, Samsung Galaxy S23 review. What the S22 should have been. Uh, take it away, Derek. Tell us your thoughts, and then we'll, we'll, we'll dig right deep into it. Dive. Dig. Dive. <laughs> we'll right dive into in. it. I... You know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, kind of what I said in the last podcast, you know, the phone visually is boring. Um, that hasn't changed. But I, you know, and, and not honestly, not much has changed between, you know, the S22 and the S23. But what did change on the S23, I really appreciate, um, you know, and the S22 was no slouch. Like it was plenty powerful. Um, it got the job done, um, but like you know, when I'd play games or do things, like it would get very hot, um, which is a problem many people experience. With the S twenty three, I is that what this specific model was made for, though? Like, is it made for gaming, or is it the Ultra that's made for gaming? Um, no, I mean these aren't gaming phones per se, but I mean as powerful as the chips are, they should have no problem with it. Um. This, you know, when I when I play, like, the same games, like Genshin Impact on, like, you know, higher settings, like, you know, even on medium settings, S22 will get very hot. Um, but the S23, like, it'll get warm, but, like, you know, Samsung says that they put, like, a bigger vapor chamber in the phone. So, like, I don't notice it getting as hot as the S22. It performs very well. Um, and one thing that I absolutely love about this phone is that I can get through an entire day using it. With the S22, that was not the case. Like, I start my day at 5 in the morning. I go to the gym. I'm constantly on the phone, even when I'm working out. Um, and by the time I, like, you know, I get to work. And by the time it's, like, noon, my S22 is on fumes. I have to charge it. Um and I have to charge it at least twice a day, probably. The S23, I surprisingly can just, you know, last until, you know, I have to go to bed at like, you know, 10 p.m. And sometimes I don't even have to charge it until the morning. Um, it doesn't have the fastest charging. It's still 25 watts. Uh, so it takes just over an hour to fully charge. But, um you know, I appreciate that now I can get through a full day. And I saw someone tweet something about how, like, a lot of these new phones with the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 are, like, now claiming, like, or are now getting, like, full day battery life. And uh, I don't know if that's true. I haven't used any other Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 phones. But um, I, I will say that that's probably the biggest update that Samsung made with this phone is uh, a bigger battery and just probably just the more efficient chipset so uh yeah i really like this phone the cameras i'm not too sure about um just kind of just punches up the contrast quite a bit um so images don't look quite as natural i think in my opinion as the s22 but um it's not like it's not super dramatic it's not like a deal breaker for me um still performs well 
Um, but yeah, overall, I really like this phone. It's, it sounds very similar to my feelings on the Ultra. I like everything about the phone except for the camera. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and the only exception to that is video recording. The S23 Ultra is ridiculously good at video recording. Like, yeah. Absolutely like the, the best. The 8K... 30 frames per second is, is good. Nah, I don't care about that. It's very, just well, I don't care about it either, but the fact 30. that it can do it, like with yes, the S22, I noticed sometimes even with the 24 frames per second, like I would see some dropped frames here and there. Um, yeah, struggles. But it's, it's very smooth um, in this phone. Um, but yeah, the general, like, and it's weird too, because the cameras are the same between the S22 and the S23, but I guess just, you know, Samsung's, whatever algorithm their software the way that they're processing the images is yeah. just a little different here and i'm not sure how i feel about it the, the isp is different on the processor ah that makes sense i i think probably affects it more than anything i'm sure there's yeah, yeah. algorithm tweaks but i feel like those should carry over on like the next one ui update to every phone although i don't know i don't know what they carry over they don't tell people that so right. it's anybody's best guess but it's it's well it's in Qualcomm and Samsung's best interest to get anything that makes the camera even better out to everyone. Of course. So you could expect that to happen. But uh, yeah, overall the phone is great. Um, I don't know, it's boring. Like I said. I like your hero image. Yes. What's my hero image? I don't remember my hero. Oh. It's probably you without a shirt doing something. Yes, but it's 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 the lavender phone with the pink shirt. It's just, oh yeah 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 it's, yeah yeah it's yeah, nice. yeah. It looks yeah, good. You know, I try to match my phones when I can. <laughs> I, I, I will say this. Okay, last year I hesitated to recommend the S twenty two to people because oh, the same. processor sucked. I'm just that's it. I mean, most things about the phone were fine, but I really feel like that processor just really killed all three models for me and between the battery life and the sustained performance it just was bad i mean i didn't think the performance was bad nick.sutrick at futurenet.com absolutely write me (laughs) i will fight you yeah just don't (laughs) wait not jerry no i didn't say it can't wait i didn't think the problem i didn't think the performance was bad it just could have been i don't know i i remember it it was just not efficient yeah, dude, in the Ultra review, I had a, vid- a little GIF or video or something like that on there where I was scrolling what? through Twitter and the yeah, S22 Ultra was that. like stuttering. I'm muting you. Good. The S22 Ultra was stuttering. And I put that in there. I'm like, no, none of my other Well, that's because this. you put peanut butter on it. Yeah. Because I put peanut butter on it. Shut your face. GIF, come on, Nick. Hey, the guy that invented We're not having this discussion, okay? Giraffe, okay? Shut up. Get out of here. Okay, anyways, moving on, moving on, moving on. (laughs) Is there anything else you guys want to talk about this phone? (laughs) Well, you know what I, if somebody, I've never touched an S23, not yet. Uh, But what I can see reading every review that I've read on the internet, the one thing that impresses me is Samsung seems to have gotten the basics right on all three models in a really good way. Because everybody says that this is a good phone and, and you won't be disappointed if you buy it. To me, that's the important thing. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they're just saying that, or do you think they really mean that? No, I. Well, I know some of the people that are writing these reviews, and <clears throat> one of them in particular never shuts up about his damn S twenty three. So I think that they mean it. 
Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, again, it's what the S22 should have been. And it makes the S22 honestly look even that much more disappointing. Because um, this phone, I think, yeah, what Jerry said, like, it just, it gets the basics right, and which is good. But it's not, like, super ultra impressive, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Like, there are better phones out there, especially for the price. But I, but... The S23 is still a phone that I could recommend for someone who's just looking for a phone that just works and works well. Especially mm. if you're already in the Samsung ecosystem. Right. With, you know, s- signed into Samsung's cloud and all that other stuff. Right. Like if you're coming from an S20, maybe an S21, I would recommend, I would not recommend the S22. Just go for the S23. Mm. Yeah. This, I would say this is the one year in a while that I would not write an article saying, just go buy last year's phone. Don't do it. (laughs) Just don't do it. Okay. Well, yeah, you heard it. You heard it here first guys. Don't buy the S22, buy the S23, please. (laughs) And thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. Okay. uh, Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. When it comes to hiring, you need to trust your gut. But what if you could give your gut some help? When you want to find top talent fast, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. So something that's really amazing about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. You know, take Instant Match, for example. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search according to U.S. Indeed data. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com ACP to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com ACP. Indeed.com ACP. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application. Pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, um, I want to talk about something that happened in Canada. <laughs> oh, Canada. Polar bear attack or snow? I hear, I hear crickets. Hold on. <laughs> Okay, Sorry, uh, well, we'll, be, we'll kidding, be quick. I we'll be quick about this, but I I do want to hear Jerry's thoughts on this because he did write a very good. Well, it was it was on my insistence of writing this article, but um, a week ago, uh, Google Canada. Well, okay, so Canada is um, in the process of passing a bill or trying to like get a bill through that uh, Senate. It's, it's going to the Senate right now, but to try and pass a bill that basically would require 
companies like Google and Meta um, who uh, post news articles uh, to pay publishers a certain amount of money uh, because they place ads. So what that basically means is all, we all know that Google um, earns you know, 80% of its revenue from ad placements and ad revenue. Um, and I, li- I liked, when I was doing radio hits on this, I liked to um, uh, give this example. So basically it's kind of like, you're owning a, a, an apartment um, and someone is living there and not paying rent. And so what, what, that, what I mean by that is the apartment is the publisher and they put out an article and there's ads that are placed on that article, but they're not paying the publisher. Part of that money will go to Google and or the company that's placing the ad unless there's an agreement that's made with the person that's hosting that um, and so there, this is obviously like a, a, a big issue in Canada. And I think a lot of uh, the government in particular is saying that, you know, Canadians, uh, publishers need to be compensated. They, they're they dying, et cetera, et cetera. So you can go Google and read more about it. But but Jerry wrote a fantastic article about this. Um, <clears throat> it's titled, Google in Canada Prove That Doing the Right Thing Sometimes Sucks for, for Everyone. So in the process of all of this, Google essentially decided they're going to block news from being shown on 4% of Canadians. I'm going to hand the mic over to you, uh, Jerry, to kind of talk through your article, because I thought it was a very well-written article and it was very informative. Tell us what your thoughts were. Well, I, I, I think that both sides in this mess are doing the right thing. Right. Uh, uh, but I also think that it this, this right thing harms the consumer mm-hmm. and that that's just sucks uh, no other way yeah. to put it uh it is the canadian government's responsibility to try to prop up canadian businesses period uh whether you agree with the government you love them hate them whatever uh it is the government's job to provide for the people of canada and that includes their employment that's what the government exists to do and they see something like google which earned well over $40 billion in revenue in just one quarter last year through search. And that is a target to go after to see how can a company who makes so much money off of businesses that are in a crisis, how can that company help solve the crisis? And that's what Canada is doing, and more power to them. That's what they should do. On the other hand, Google says, why should it cost us millions of dollars a year to essentially throw more business at these companies. We're not going to do it. Uh, We don't want to do it. We want to talk to you and try to figure out a way that we can help without it costing us so much money. And look, we're going to throw this test out there and just block news Mm -hmm. to see how that would affect it. And, And that's one of our options. We can just block news in Canada. And Google called them on it. In, in, a, in a very tiny way, a lot of stuff, both, both you know, over the radio, television, and online, and in print about this is skipping past the part that this is a five-week test. In fact, it should be over this week, and they sent it out to less than 4% of the users, and that they do these kind of tests all the time. And I had read that somewhere, so I contacted Google Canada just to make sure. And yes, that's what they've done. It was a five-week period, and I do believe this will be the fifth week, so it's done after this week. You know, I think I think one of the things, and you you kind of pointed out on this is, um, and look, I'm I'm from Canada, 
and I work very closely with our publications here to go on the radio and TV and talk about this. But I think one of the things that whenever something like this happens, there is this question of, well, if Google is doing this now, will they continue to do it? And could this could this be something that would happen in the future? And my answer to that has always been no, it's not necessary that this could happen in the future. It just means that Google is threatening. They're basically right. showing their stance. They're basically saying, look, we don't like some of the terms in this bill. Work with us and we'll come to a conclusion. It doesn't necessarily mean, but I think when something like this happens, there's this uproar of people saying, and there should oh my be. God. Right. Because right, exactly. we are not lab rats. We are people. No, exactly. And, exactly. and Google is using us as leverage right look what we can hold back from people and that that sucks but i understand why google feels that they need to do it because that mm -hmm. gives them leverage and it all goes i i just can't help go back australia did something similar what about four right. years ago yeah and facebook called them on it and facebook blocked news and it sucked and in the end what it helped create was the, the Australian government and Facebook got together and the agreement was altered to be a little bit more fair to both sides. And then Facebook gave in and said, yes, we're pleased with that. And now Facebook is just like Google and Apple and pays Australian publications to show blurbs from their news organizations in on, on the Internet. And that's what needs to happen here. And I right. think that's what Google is trying to do, say, look what we could do. Now, don't you want to come to the table and talk to us? Uh, I just hate the fact that it affects even just, you know, 4% of people in Canada. That's, that's, the, that's the really sad part is that why should 4% of Canadians have certain news blocked? No, and I think the other concern, too, that I – and I was only just thinking about this. Um, you know, what if this – this test happened at a time of an election period right? or at the time of when there's specific, specific voting required for, for yeah. something, you, you know, know, like I don't think Google would have done that. And that, I don't think so either. That may be but, us just being naive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, and I, and I think about obviously like Canadian politics can be, um, polarizing and, and, and weird and, and it's all over the place. But I, I look at the bigger picture of like U.S. politics and weirder, <laughs> you know, and it's so complex and there are far more there are far more people in the U.S. Um, and four percent of the U.S. population is far greater than the Canadian population. And if this something like this happened in the U.S., especially during a time of a an election, I just I, I, I think that's the part that I worry about the most. Well, I, I don't think Google has the, the balls to do this in the U.S. No. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> and, and I don't think that our United States government would try to get Google to pay millions of dollars to help out the New York Times and the Washington Post. I don't think this could ever happen in the United States because our, our government does things differently. Yeah, I was just uh, I'm not saying it shouldn't. It, I'm not saying it shouldn't happen. Uh Yes, Google uses bits and pieces of, of everything, including things that I write and that everyone on this podcast writes. And if you write for a living and it's online, they probably use a little piece of it somewhere, somehow, Chat to DVD. make money. <laughs> yeah. <Hard. laughs> and, and Google uses that to make money. It also uses it to push people towards your content. Uh, 
but there's got to be maybe a little bit better balance so Google's not making 90% of the money? I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's it's a so, weird situation. Here's my thought. Here's my thought. So, you know, they, they made a plan in Australia. Uh, there's possibly a plan that's, you know, that could happen in Canada. Let's say the entire world does this and they all put in rules, you know, uh, in Europe and in whatever, wherever. Let's just say, like, how much of a hit would Google really take? Like, is it a really large hit or is well, it just kind I, of like I, a... Um, let me pull it up here. I've got notes. Uh, the Canadian Office of Parliamentary Budget said that this bill will cost Google millions, as in with an S on the end. It didn't mm. give a figure of dollars each year. Mm. So if that's just in Canada, uh, what Canada has about half the population of, let's say, the U.K., Mm-hmm. So if it costs, let's say, $5 million, that's millions. And that's mm-hmm. me just throwing a figure out there because they don't list an actual dollar amount. If it costs mm-hmm. Google $5 million to do it in Canada, it'll cost about $10 million if it happens in the UK. If it happens worldwide, uh, that's going to be a, a big cut into Google's $40 billion profit. But it's probably going to leave them a whole bunch of billions in profit. Well, I was going to say, because that's $40 billion in a quarter. And I said profit. It's revenue. It's not profit. Yeah. Right. There's there's a difference. Right. Yeah, I feel like they'll still get like 30, like at least $39 billion of that $40 billion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, what, what would probably happen is they would find another way to build revenue. Right. Google uh, is surely, not going to lose money. Sure, surely that by then at least they can focus more on their hardware ecosystem. But we, we create content for a living, so maybe we're a little more sensitive to this. But uh, you, none of us wants anybody to copy our work and make money from it. We want the company who pays us every two weeks mm-hmm. to make the money yeah. so they can continue to pay us. But this goes for any industry. If, if Google you know, was profiting off the back of U.S. steel workers to build phones – that profit should be spread around a little bit. Right. So I, I don't think the idea is wrong. It's just maybe the way everybody's going about it, it's just bad for consumers. Yeah, and, and I agree. Something needs to be done. Um, I don't know if any of you saw it, but one of our former editors, Carly, started a newsletter, I think yesterday. And in her first piece, she talks about effectively this, not this exact you know, specific Canada subject, but the overarching issue of ad revenue and things like that sort of plaguing the media industry and how as ad revenue slips when companies like Apple, you know, stop letting you be tracked. Obviously, those those are positive things, but they mean bad things for the ad industry. And there are lots of other factors that are causing ad revenue to drop. We now have Lots of companies, including our own site, that don't have as many people working here anymore because ad yeah. revenue is down and you can't pay salaries without income, obviously. So, yeah. And that's potentially going to get a lot worse. Right. If ad revenue dropped this much, uh, you know, as the way it is now. Imagine when Google finally gets around to releasing whatever they're going to do to upset ad revenue for everybody except Google. Yeah, and that's that's a scary thing for the entire industry. And it's not just for us working in the industry. It's also 
for everybody else out there who consumes this content, right? Mm-hmm. Because and who pays what taxes you... that will pay our unemployment? Yeah, and and what are you left with for content? You're left with social media posts. I mean, like, and yeah, and YouTube not, videos. I just, it's, it's not, it's not a great alternative. That that's why I think it's important for governments and companies like Google, and and Meta and Apple to to come to agreements that hopefully are best for consumers. Right. Which they will, which is my my hope. But Mine yeah. Too. Yeah. Anyways, um, let's uh, talk about our last-ish topic. Um, I didn't really have uh, – this was something that Nick brought up to me because he wanted to talk about it with, with Sherry. But it's, not, it's, it's more of a roundup of, of multiple things that are happening, uh, specifically with the rising uh, issues around cloud storage costs, the, the increase in cost, the amount of money it takes to for cloud storage. First, talk so, about the last one because it ties directly into this. Let Nick talk about – Ring. Okay, so I I'm gonna do, I'll talk about that right, first. That okay, works. so so Nick wrote an article. Uh, it's called "Ring is Ruining Its Products with This Huge Policy Change," um, and so yeah, Nick, why don't you why don't you take take us off and and we'll talk about that and then including the rising costs of cloud storage. All right. So in a nutshell, uh, if you use Ring products and you do not subscribe to their protection plans, I, for instance, have two Ring cameras or devices on my property, and I don't pay for the subscription plans because I don't really care about most of the features they offer. Uh, A lot of basic features are going to be hidden behind a paywall at the end of this month. So those little home and away mode buttons at the top, can't use those anymore if you don't have a subscription. And you won't be able to see... Um, any more than 24 hours of event history, which that's not even necessarily recorded videos because you don't get recorded videos unless you subscribe. This is straight up just, you know, did the door open? Did the camera detect motion? That's restricted to 24 hours now. You won't receive notifications from your Ring Alarm base station, and you can't set or disable the alarm remotely. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, these, it's It's so absurd. It's like reading a joke gone wrong i can't even believe they're locking all these things behind a paywall but you know without going into all the other stuff this is easily the most consumer unfriendly thing i've i think i've ever seen ring do and that includes handing over footage to police without warrants like well now i'm not going to go that far but i'll agree with you about this (laughs) crazy unfriendly yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the, as far as consumer unfriendly goes, the the police footage thing is sort of a different topic. But just as a consumer who's buying your products, this is this is bad. But you know, I I think they're all bad. All the of things they're they doing, are. none of them are but good. When when it gets to you can no longer disarm your home security system, or even worse, arm your home home security system. If you left for vacation and you are about to board a plane and you say, oh, man, I forgot to turn the alarm on and we're going to be gone for a week. (laughs) Guess what? You get to get in your car and drive home unless you're paying Amazon money every month. Yeah. Or you decide you're going to pay ring the 10 bucks or whatever it costs. Yeah. And that's that's got to get reversed because that is a basic feature that was advertised when people paid good money for these products. Right. Yeah, and and especially like ring alarms are like 300 bucks, you know. Yeah, it's, you it's can't not, take it's this It's not away. a cheapy little system. Um and and 
you know, a lot of the problem is Ring's not the only company that has done stuff like this. Now, I guess the the silver lining here is pretty much all the other companies that have done stuff like this have reversed most or all of these policies that they're changing because people are rightfully pissed off that, well, I paid for this product that was supposed to do this, and now you're telling me it doesn't do this? It's kind of lousy. I don't want to buy your products anymore. And uh, I don't know. Like, the whole... Uh, home security, smart home security market is really crappy right now. Yep. And there are other companies that are still okay. Like, I know at the end I talked about, well, I've got Blink cameras, and uh, those are still fine. And I know somebody wrote to me, I think, within 30 minutes of me publishing this, and was like, hey, you know Blink is Amazon, too. And I'm like, well, yes, but I don't want to throw every Amazon-owned company under the bus just because one is doing something stupid. So I'm not going to say, well, don't buy Blink stuff, too, because they're associated with Amazon. Maybe they'll screw it up, too. I don't know. Since you wrote this, uh, Blink and Amazon really screwed up over a warrant that some the, the police wanted footage from somebody's ring doorbell. And because it's Amazon and Blink is all tied up, yep. the police sent an overly broad warrant to a judge and got it signed. Uh, the police are looking through all video associated to this dude's blink cameras inside his house, inside his bedroom. Mm-hmm. The cops are pouring through all that because they wanted a video of a car license plate. I, I guess visited his neighbor. On the bright side? Sure, I'll use that term. They at least had a warrant. <laughs> like, at least they went through the court system this time. And, yeah, but and I, I know you have said proper. it. And I've said it, but because of that, don't put these cameras in your house. People, stop putting these don't. damn cameras in your yes. house. Buy a security system that uses a, a, a little tiny PC with a writable DVD in it if you have to have one inside your home. Right. Yeah, d- don't, don't put a camera inside your house. And so I guess a lot of this leads into the sort of overarching topic that I wanted to discuss with you. And that's related to cloud costs. Um, right. In the last two months, we've seen several popular games and even several indie games close. And most of them have cited costs. Now, it's a mixture of development costs. they got to pay programmers to fix bugs and keep up security patches and all that. But a lot of that, too, is because a lot of modern games have multiplayer functionality. And the way a lot of modern games work is they have to use some sort of centralized server to host that session that everyone connects to and then plays on. And that crap has gotten really expensive. And, you know, one one of the uh, little indie titles that made me think of this was a game called Bricks VR, which is essentially Legos in on the quest. Okay. And you jump in there and you play Legos with other people. Like, it's just... It's just Silly fun, okay? Um, but it was made by, like, one dude, and it's not his job, right? It's just his hobby. And 100,000 people downloaded this thing, and now all of a sudden, um, I got to foot a cloud bill for 100,000 people playing this game, mm. and I can't really afford that anymore. So the only option is to shut the game down. And it, it ties into what's going on with Ring because... Yes, Ring is Amazon, and, and when I'm going to say they can't afford it, that's probably not true. But 
cloud costs have increased so much that companies like Ring, they have to reduce features and use the cloud less. And that means they take stuff away from you. And I'm not excusing their behavior by any means. I'll never stick up for, you know, the big company over the consumer. But this is why. And I'm also not saying that companies like, you know, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, they offer cloud solutions. I'm not saying that they don't have good reason for increasing their fees. I don't think they do, but they, they, they say they do, and I can't deny it. I don't know all the situation. But this is just, it's a big circle, and it's not going to get any better. Right, and, and in a lot of cases, um, this type of thing for companies like Ring or Blink or whatever who are owned by Amazon or, you know, we'll say Nest or another company that's owned by one of these big tech companies, these cloud costs work the same way that buying a display or buying a battery when your Samsung mobile works. Just because Samsung manufactures the display or the battery or the chipset doesn't mean that Samsung Mobile is immune to price increase on goods. Absolutely. They still have to pay that other company. Yeah, they have the same name in the beginning, but it's a completely separate company and run completely separately. Ring is so, still paying Amazon for cloud storage, period. Right, exactly. So, And their costs went up just like everyone else's did. Yeah, now, I mean, there's always a possibility that they get some sort of special break. We don't know. I'm, I'm sure they do, but it's <laughs> right. still their 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 costs still went up. Right. Even if they were a little lower to begin with, they still increased by X percent in the past three months. Right. That sucks. It sucks for everyone. <laughs> it does. <sighs> the the cloud is an an interesting conversation. And I know when I got into IT in 2007 and people were talking about how the cloud was where a lot of stuff was going to move, I remember thinking, who pays for those servers? And it, yeah. it just sort of happened. And I think a lot of it was because companies like Amazon and Google and Microsoft all have effectively unlimited budgets because of investors and because of, you know, in Google's case, they make all their money through ad revenue you know, so a lot of these are the projects they can basically just fund forever. And as long as they can convince investors that there's profit in it eventually, they can keep it going. And I think we're hitting that eventually point where investors are going, hey, you promised that in 10 years we'd see <laughs> XYZ percentage of revenue. And, um, well, I'm not really seeing that. So. We're going to have to make some changes over the next 10 years <laughs> or we're not going to yeah. give any I think money. The issue, I think the issue, and this is what I'm sort of hearing, and maybe you guys can talk, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the issue is that in previous years, you know, there was a different way of storing information. It was with data centers and, you know, there was a different process of doing things. But as time has improved and, and, and with technology improvements, we're seeing the 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 more use case scenarios of using the cloud for whether it's data storage or gaming coding storage i mean obviously i'm using terms that are super not specific but you 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 know what i mean but it's just like there's so many more use case scenarios where these cloud computing or cloud storage services are saying well 
we're seeing an increase in usage. So that means we're going to have to increase the costs. And it just means that, you know, um, that's just, that's, that's just how things are going to be now because everything is so much like people are using it more, right? Does that like, so, like what, is there really a solution to this? Like, I don't I well, feel like there isn't. The, the solution is it, it's a matter of scale. Like you were saying, uh, in the early days of the cloud, it was just adding more storage to existing data centers and existing servers. But then you get to the point where what the hardware they have can no longer manage that much storage. You have to buy new hardware, buy new data centers, and then fill them up with storage. Now we're to the point where we're seeing the, the cost hit of that. And you add in things like investors want to see a recoup on their investment. And it, it the only way that that's going to happen is to increase the fees. They're, yeah. they're not increasing the fees to try to slow down usage of the cloud. They would love to have to build a new cloud data storage center every week. They would love it because they make money off of it. But they they have to increase fees to pay for all of this. Yeah. In the end, though, it's pure profit for them once it's paid for. Right. I, I wonder if they'll reduce the fees then. Could be. And, and I'll give one more example of cloud costs so um, a few years ago a smaller company that I worked for um, I did IT management for them and they wanted to move all of their physical servers to the cloud basically the equipment was getting old they didn't want to pay for new equipment um, because it's a lot of money up front and licensing costs on top of that are huge if you've never worked in IT you have no idea how much licensing (laughs) costs are it's insane okay so Microsoft and companies like this have gotten really smart and they've gone, well, we'll roll the licensing cost into your regular cost if you'll just use our cloud service. And they have all these tools that make it pretty darn easy, you know, if you know IT, obviously, but from an IT person's perspective, it's pretty easy to just run this application on your server. It copies all the stuff over to the cloud and one night you just press a button and boom, boom, it turns the old server off, turns the new virtual server on, and Zero usually things work. Sometimes you got to tweak, yeah. but well. usually it works surprisingly well. And after a year or so of doing this, and pretty much all the servers are virtual, the executives started looking at the bills, and they were like, why is IT costing us so much every month? And we would point out, uh, well, it's the cloud you told us to move to. <laughs> hmm. And nobody really realized, you know, again, with, with all these equipment fees and stuff, a lot of times you, you pay for that stuff up front and then you never see it again for five, ten years as a company. So that stuff is hidden, whereas you pay for it every month when you're on the cloud. And I think a lot of, I think reality is just hitting for a lot of things. <laughs> I, I know this is going to sound awful, to say, but I, I feel like this is what, I mean, I feel like this would be the only real solution, which is that we're going to see the death of so many more companies, uh, you know, sure. so many more people just not doing things with the cloud for the cloud storage companies to be like, okay, something's got to give. Yeah. Nick, Nick uh, led this off with the example from a game company. Yeah. The, the game exactly. companies like the one Nick described are going to die while companies like Ubisoft are working on moving all of their new games to cloud management because they can afford it. Yeah. 
Well, thank you for ending this on a depressing note, Yay. Nick. I appreciate it. Sorry. <laughs> just, just play single player games, I guess, and get over uh, it. Oh. Well, no, well, you, you let's, should. Let's... Everybody should be aware that there's there's always the potential for things to stop being free and the things you pay for to get more expensive. Right, and and not everything can be the next Fortnite. Right. Right. There's only one Fortnite for a reason. <laughs> you 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 need to maybe think about that the next time you buy something. You know, the next yeah. time you buy a camera and it lists all this stuff you get for free, you need to know that that won't always be free. Yep. And and like even even with this is my last one. Even with the whole Echo VR debacle on the Quest where they've still got tens of thousands of people playing that game but they can't make a profit on it because their monetary you know the the model that they are supposed to make money off of isn't working, and and I forgot my point. But um, you know, e- even with games like that that you have quote a lot of players on, if your business model is not good, if it won't actually make you money, if you're required to sell ten million units of your game before your company actually makes a profit. You got to start thinking about a different business model, and I think a lot of these things, AAA games, a lot of other stuff, we're going to see a lot of of hard hits over the next couple of years because these things are not tenable. They're just not realistic. They were fun for a while, but you can't. Again, you can't have every company making a Call of Duty every year. It's impossible. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, as uh, Jerry pointed out it is important to be aware of this and hopefully we've learned something from it anyways I don't want to be depressing anymore I want to talk about my favorite thing which thing. is <laughs> yes the happy thing <laughs> the thing that made you happy this past week who wants to go first oh come on someone sorry I was taking a drink of water actually I should have said I was taking a drink of tea because that's my happy thing so we spent a bunch of money on tea this month uh, we do this like once a quarter maybe once every four months, and I have like six new giant bags of tea because we drink a lot of tea, and it makes me happy. <laughs> that's so exciting. I, I love, love that. Tea. that. That's so simple and lovely, and that's wonderful. I love it. Okay, who wants to go next? Uh, I will, even though it's embarrassingly stupid. It's uh, not, no. Well, to, to me and Andrew from our site, Andrew Merrick, it, Myrick, it was not stupid. I built a keyboard from the ground up. That is so exciting. That's cool. And it works. And it That's actually, it, it, it really works. And I can do really dumb things with it. Like I put RGB in it and I can have it blink at 60 hertz, which means it will give you seizures if you look at it. That is really cool. <laughs> I've seen firsthand how much effort it goes into building a keyboard. I've seen like from lubing the switches to putting it all together. Like I have seen Well, I mean, I, I designed the circuit board and everything. I've been working on this for four months. That is insane. That is so cool. Well, I, the internet helped. I'll be the first one to say, <laughs> I, I, I went to school for this kind of stuff and still couldn't have done it without other people who figured out solutions to problems. But it was really fun. It was stupid That's and really fun. fun. That's so and funny. it works. I don't like it. I'm moving back to my old keyboard, but it works. It's a good thing to, uh, well, now maybe you can build another one. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, Derek, your turn. I don't know. I guess what made me happy this week is uh, Girl Scouts cookies. Uh, oh. My mom 
My mom sends me boxes of Girl Scouts cookies like every year. And, That's awesome. Uh, and I, because I can never find them anywhere. And then, like, I think last weekend when I went to take pictures for this S23 thing, um, I was walking down the street uh, and I found like a little stand with, you know, some Girl Scout cookies. And I, like, I walked past it, like, and I stopped. Looked at my phone and I was like, "All right, you know what? I, I need to buy some more boxes because I really like. <laughs> I, I there's only one style of Girl Scout cookie that I like, and it's the uh, I think they're called trefoils, and they're they're just like regular shortbread. Like I don't like any of the like the extra whatever, like the thin mints and thin stuff. Thin mints, yeah. I don't really care for any of those. I just like the regular shortbread. Um, Didn't I mention Girl Scout cookies the other week? Or did I? Not? I feel like did you? Might you? Have. I don't, I don't know. know. Um, we love girl. We love Girl Scout cookies. So yeah, great. the the so guy, great. the guy that hosts D and D for us, his his daughters and Girl Scouts, and they had this raspberry one this year. Oh that's yeah, like I think that's, that's like the new replace, thing now. Yeah, yeah. And replace like, mint like, with raspberry, and it's the same cookie essentially. Yeah, I think they like went. Uh, they like sold out very quickly, and so I think they're like people are like now selling them online for like thousands of dollars or something oh my gosh and it's like so funny i think someone was like (laughs) someone was making the joke how like you can buy like marijuana legally in the u.s but you have to go to like the dark web to buy (laughs) to buy girl scouts cookies (laughs) that's funny oh man well uh, we all love cookies so yeah i think the girl scouts should start making marijuana cookies (laughs) or thin mints with brown or just like brownies I, you know yeah. what? If you're listening, Girl Scouts, I will buy enough that you can turn a profit. I promise. <laughs> I mean, there are several states where that would be 100% legal in. So, yeah. well, oh my gosh. They might have to sell it. They might have to sell under a new brand. Who knows? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, what made me happy this week was two things. Um, I recently. Uh, well, Derek knows my fascination and excited, exci- excitement about this, but I got the Aura Ring, which is essentially a smart ring, uh, which is basically like your Apple Watch. Um, I love my Apple Watch, but I'm just kind of getting a little bored of it, and I'm testing this ring out, and it's really fun, and it's so cool. I don't know if I'll fully get rid of my Apple Watch, but I, for now, I'm really enjoying the Aura Ring, so that's making me really happy. And It also makes me happy, me really too, happy, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that's making me happy is um, I was mentioning to our team yesterday that uh, I had to go to the dentist yesterday and it's like my biggest fear. Like, honestly, I have this like ridiculously irrational fear of the dentist, but um, I am really grateful and blessed because I found a dentist like literally three minutes away from me. They're just so kind. Everyone was so nice. They were like, also, I think it's because it's like it, it's like it serves young children as well. <laughs> so like, they're they're like so they were ready for you. Yeah, they're ready for me. But it was also really cool because I went on International Women's Day and the whole clinic is run by only women, which I don't know. I just thought it was kind of like really cool. Um, but I got whatever I need to get done, and it just felt really safe and good and i feel very grateful and i actually would like to thank google because google helped me find a kind dentist so (laughs) i appreciate it thank you google um okay on that note uh wherever you're listening to us whether it's in the morning afternoon or night thank you so much for taking the time and listening to us 
We really appreciate it. And we will catch you guys soon. Bye.